Morning, Julian. <laughs> Good morning, Mike. Why are How we are you? Why are we recording a show in the morning? It's uh, it's very early, isn't it? Very it's Sunday morning. Why are we? Um, oh, I know, I know, because we've got because we've got someone special who who we need to talk to. We need to have her on the show, but but she can't make it in the evenings. Okay. So right. so we thought we'd, we'd we'd interview her in the morning. Okay. In in complete complete contrast to anything we've done before. Good morning to everybody listening to Veterinary Ramblings. Let's see if we are um, truly awake. So I've got a feeling we might need to be awake for this particular guest. She's uh, she's a little bit of a live wire, this one. She's pretty on the board, isn't she, by, by all accounts? Should we talk cats today? Yeah, I quite fancy talking cats today. Okay. I've got my cat up there listening, oh, trying right. to pick up some tips. Okay. Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome veterinary ramblings <laughs> so should we have our guest on let's go and get our guest is she here yet? uh she has just come in so quickly. well let's introduce her should we? So, right. so it's dr martina now are you going to take a run up at the uh at the surname or shall i well i'll let you have a go and i'll correct it because because i've known so it's martina nakradaska very close actually very close. Yeah. Naturadska. Naturadska. Martina Naturadska. Natura from the Czech Republic. And she's a, a specialist in feline medicine. Mm -hmm. So she works mainly with cats, but she's interested in behavioural disorders for both dogs and cats. And she's the leader of the team of, of the first cat-friendly clinic in the Czech Republic. She's a member of the ISFM, which we know very well, the International Society of Feline Medicine. Uh, she's a member of the, the ESVD, the European Society of Veterinary Dermatologists. Oh gosh, we better be on our ball. I know nothing about dermatology. I can't even say it. Dermatology, do you? It's awful. Not this time in the morning. <laughs> Skin stuff. Skin stuff, that's the one. And the PDTE, the Pet Dog Trainers of Europe. Dr. Martinez published uh, various papers on canine and feline medicine topics. She's lectured to breeders, to the public, to vets and to nurses. Yep. And she actively participates in seminars and conferences. And she's also very active in the fight against puppy farming. So we could maybe chat to her about that today. I'd like to chat about that, actually. That, that, would, that would be quite good. So she's here. Should we get her in? Let's get her in. Let's get her in. Let's get her in. Um, bum, 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 bum. She's also really into Czech food, and I want to learn more about that. <laughs> well into Czech food. Martina. Hello. Martina. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Thank you. Good morning. Good, good morning. You. How are you? How are you? Yeah, thank you. Wow. Good to see you. Okay. Normally about now we'd be having a gin, but I'm having a cup of tea. <laughs> and, I, and I've got yeah. a and I've got a decaf <laughs> coffee. Is that is that is that a cat on your uh, is that a cat on your mug there? Yes. Yes. It is. Lovely. Is one of yours or? Uh, look like I had the same as on the picture, but it's not mine. Cat on the on the mug. Right, and your cat earrings as well. Yes, and the cat necklace. Oh, lovely! <laughs> Very nice. Crazy cat lady with all the things which are together coming with that. <laughs> so I, uh, I I had a run up at your surname and didn't get it quite right. But, but Mike then then improved it for me. So, the the accent over the C. Yes. And what's that accent called? Ch. Ch. Mm -hmm. So change it to a Ch. Natura. Naturadaska. Naturadska. Yes. Yes. Naturadska. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Great. There we go. He's practiced that in two minutes and got it right. It took me about. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but but in fairness, you probably had a drink each time, hadn't you, Mike? Probably. I've yeah. got a drink. I've got a, I've got a drink this morning, actually. Hey, look, I've got I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a gin and tonic. Oh yeah, good to oh. It's a bit early. It's a bit uh, early. And because it's early, I'm having a non-alcoholic gin. What? You've got decaffeinated coffee. I'm having okay, non-alcoholic yes, gin. Very nice. So let's see what this is like. Quite excited about this. It's a, it's a botanical. 
right. it has rock samphire, sage, uh, citrus, and Cornish sea salt in it. And it tastes nothing like gin. It's very nice. So, so there's a there's a party advert for um, for non-alcoholic gin. Not. <laughs> Never mind, Julian. It was worth a try, wasn't it? Worth a try, I think. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a special distillation, isn't it? It's only about fifty pounds a bottle as well. It's about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> so now, Martina, tell us about gin in uh, in the Czech Republic. Uh, is it a is it a big thing there or? Is it um, vodka? You know, I was gin virgin before I met Mike. So he... <laughs> 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 so so he was the first one who taught me how to drink gin. So now I have few bottles of gin, uh, but I cannot drink alcohol anymore for a while. So I, I can just observe my bottles of gin. <laughs> that's, that's all I do. That's why we've got so many in the cupboard, because they're so pretty. Uh, Absolutely. Some, sometimes I'll phone Mike the morning after one of our Vethmi rambles and say, I wish I'd just observed that gin last night. This will be a difference for this show, won't it? Because um, we're, we're not at the end of a busy working day. We, we have been, been uh, going about our business. Um, yeah. And, and we're, we're refreshed and, and ready to go and yes. raring to Yes, absolutely. Refresh, ready to go, and sober. It'll never work. It won't. It's something they said we should never, ever do. Yeah, the, the producers did tell us not to do this, but um, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Julia was working through all of your qualifications a moment ago, Martina. Yes. And one thing that struck me was that um, apart from doing all your formal feline or veterinary feline certification, mm -hmm. you've also taken time out to go and do formal behavioural qualifications as well. Uh, now I'm doing the feline behaviour uh, education with ISFM. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, But you've also done dogs as well, haven't you? Yes, yes, with Pet Dog Trainers of Europe. Uh, it was about dog, dog nature behaviour and the language and how to train them nature way. Right. Okay, so uh, we, we've discussed this a couple of times on the show, and we've we've had a couple of guests that have been involved in this, and um, and and I'm I'm still looking for somebody who would advocate the uh, the dominance theory of, of training, uh, where you have to show that you're the alpha, and um, show the dog that you're the boss, and that they will respond accordingly. Because a lot of our clients believe very strongly that's the right way to do it. Yeah, but that's the most stupid way how to do it. First, it's funny they do seem to get bitten quite a lot. My um, clients, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's really stupid way how to work with dogs. Uh, first book I translated in Czech language from English was uh, Dog Dominance: Fact or Fiction, and it was written by uh, hmm, I don't remember. I cannot recall the name of the author now, but it, it, it's a great book where, where he explains everything, why it's stupid theory. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, you should be the first one who is eating because you are the boss. So every time you are going to feed your puppy, uh, you eat a cookie and then you give the food to your dog and the dog, imagine what the dog is thinking. Or uh, you have to step in your dog's bed to show the dominance, mm. that mm. you are dominant. And then from the dog point of view, it's really, really stupid. And, and, and you must take the bowl away halfway through their meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and pretend to eat some of it and then hand it yeah. back and then yeah. stare yeah. at them. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine somebody is doing that to you. I would be biting somebody. Actually, it happened to me. It was an official lunch in French Ministry of Agriculture in France, in Paris, and I was having food. And I have very strong food guarding issues. And there was that guy who was trying to take the food from me and I start screaming. 
and actually uh, I didn't hurt his hand with the fork, but <laughs> I was close doing this. And imagine all the guys with the ties and with the suits and me like, don't touch my food, don't touch my food. <laughs> I, I like the idea of the fork going into the back of his hand. <laughs> me too. Yes. Hopefully it didn't have to be amputated. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I really, I'm really with dogs in, in it. It's really stupid theory. Um, mm. The theory is that the dogs in the groups, they are families. So the alpha pair, it's not alpha pair because they kick the asses of the all others. Mm-hmm. are alpha pair because they are really kind parents and they are taking care of the offspring. So the alpha is the one who is the kindest, the, the more uh, protective, that's not the thing we, th- we think we it, it is. Like, because this stupid idea comes from observing wolves in a zoo. And mm-hmm. in the zoo, they behave completely different. They uh, fight for the food because they are artificially closed in small area and they cannot leave because in, in the normal, in the nature, some members of the pack, they leave if they wish to. In mm-hmm. the, they can't, so they have to fight. So that's that's the difference. It will be like if we observe uh, the people in a prison and we say, it's how it works in the normal way. So people behave like they are in prison all the life. And it's a stupid idea. It's the same with the dogs and wolves and uh, observing them in a, in a, in a zoo environment. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it's still amazingly popular, isn't it? Which which is something that is so frustrating that, that yeah. uh, I, I see pretty much every every day that that, that clients will say to me, uh, "Oh, we." We're we're following you know the, the the proper ways of training. Sit, will you sit? Right, okay. Yeah. Here's a biscuit. I'm going to pretend to have some first, and then then I, I won't give it to him this time. No, what you're doing there is you're teasing him and giving him mixed messages, and yeah. that's why he's going to bite you. Do you do you deal? We we, we had um, Sif on a few um, weeks back, uh, a lovely Icelandic vet who does most of her behaviour training. Distantly, so using using Zoom meetings and, uh, and phone meetings, you're still doing face to face. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing still face to face, and my education was also hands on education, hmm. and um, I'm trying to explain people how not to behave around dogs. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's crazy. That's why I started translating books. I wasn't good with English. Uh, <laughs> Barry Eaton was the name of the guy who wrote the book, the Dominance book. Barry Eaton. I, I, read, I read a book about dominance by Cynthia Payne, but maybe that was a different subject. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and dog dominance. Do you know? do, do, dogging came into it. Yeah, I'm sure it did. And for our American listeners, uh, Cynthia Payne was a brothel owner. Um, back in the 70s, who got embroiled in some government business um, and, and ran an ran a, uh, entertaining brothel in the east end of London, I understand. Madam Sin. Something like that. Mm. There we go. What, why are we talking about brothels and prostitutes and pain? Be- because when I, when I tried to Google the dominance theory... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I see. And now, now, whenever you go on Google, you get all sorts of strange adverts popping up all over your I, desktop. I do. And my wife's going to look at my computer later and slap me hard. Probably. And you deserve, <laughs> and you deserve it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> How do you say dog ownership is generally in the Czech Republic? Are they responsible owners? Uh, depends. It depends, but we are the country with the most uh, higher number of of the dogs to the population. So we have uh, lots of dogs, like many, many people have two or more, and uh, they love them. 
But sometimes they go to the dog trainer who is really old school. And um, unfortunately, we have still very much old school dog trainers because they don't study in foreign languages. They study the books in Czech and it's repeated the same garbage with the dominance theory. And, And you can even get bitten into the face. I have heard about the case because one of the dominant stupidities are roll the dog on the back and scream into his face. Yeah. What? Okay. Roll the dog on the back and scream into his face that you are dominant. And one Dalmatin dog has bitten his owner to the nose and open, actually opened the nose. So the, the woman has to go to the surgery because the dog has bitten her, her so hard. <laughs> so she has to have plastic surgery of her face. Now, now, surely that's that's proof of Darwinism. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Not not dog dominance. And um, if you've just no. joined the show, we are not advocating that this is how you train your dog. We are advocating this is how you do not train your dog or behave with your dog. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's 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 incredible. We, we have, we have I, a problem. We have a similar problem with anaesthesia textbooks in the UK too. I can understand. Where, where yes, but well, one of the ways of telling whether your pet is asleep under the anaesthetic is you shout at it. Yeah. Really? Really? No. No. <laughs> I wouldn't try. We, we were we were going to talk more about Czechoslovakian food. Uh, I say we were. You 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 don't know this because you, you hadn't been part of 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 the thought process behind all this. But I noticed in one of your the emails you sent us, you you. Uh, you spoke a bit about Czech food, and I, I'm so sorry, I said Czechoslovakian. See, I'm very old, so I say these sort of things. Czech Republic food. Uh, a lot of the food, is that uh, traditional Czech food, or is there a big sort of modern um, growth in, in, in developing new foods? Or oh, Sometimes, yes, somebody is doing some experiments, but typical Czech food is uh, pork. Uh, some dumplings and the cabbage. That's mm-hmm. typical Czech food. It's really fat. You need to drink beer with it to be able to process <laughs> properly. Yeah, and that's, then, that's fair enough. Yeah. And then candle sauce, <laughs> not made from candles, and the bird <laughs> thing. These are typical Czech meals and and sweet dumplings. We have them once, dumplings with the plums or with the uh, raspberries and Mm. with the sugar and uh, the mm, uh, some fat on it. Suet. Yeah, yeah. Suet, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is the the, the kidney fat, really white Mm -hmm. fat. Uh, Now, there are vegetarian options for that these days. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't like them. No, I'm no, not, they're I'm, not, I'm they're not, not as nice. <laughs> I'm not vegetarian. I'm a like cat. I'm almost obligatory meat eater. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to the Czech Republic. Have you been, Mike? I have. I have. I've been. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks to Martina. And I've been a couple of times to the Czech Republic um, to... Um, Martina's lovely hometown, Prague, and uh, we had an absolute whale of a time. Well, I, I did anyway. I don't know whether Martina did. I did. I did. It was amazing, especially our eating evenings. Oh well, I wasn't. I was oh. Go on. Then. Yes. So, so tell me about Czech food. <laughs> well, tell me about those eating evenings. Uh, uh, we uh, we have special translations with Mike, like candle sauce. <laughs> It has has special name, but we cannot remember it. So we came to a restaurant and we ordered candle sauce. And and the guy who was who was making the order was looking at us like, what? And then I explained that I don't know how to translate it in English. So I call it candle sauce or or, or the bird thing. The bird. Bird. Oh, bird. Is it the parliament? Restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Restaurant in town, bird. Oh, that's good stuff. Perhaps it has a completely different name. Yeah, so. perhaps better explain exactly what bird and candle sauce actually is, shouldn't yeah. we? Yes, because I'm, I'm looking here on, on, uh, on 
Wikipedia at uh, Czech cuisine, and it's not mentioning bird. It, it's it's not bird. It's something completely different. But it's it's a it's a part of the meat rolled over uh, pickles, uh, some sausage, some eggs. Mm. It's served with rice, and it's amazing, especially mm. at the restaurant Parliament. They they are doing really great ones. Oh, that sounds really good. It yeah, is. yeah. Lots of stuff all wrapped and then and then cooked, and uh, mm. that's probably my favourite. I think um, candle sauce tastes nothing like candles. <laughs> nothing really like good. Because no. I'm thinking a bit, a bit waxy there. Yeah, so no, not... it's it's, it's <clears throat> a very rich sauce. It's a beautifully rich, smooth. I can't really describe it. Creamy sauce. Yeah, it's it's made out of vegetables. I don't know. It's carrots. Pureed and... vegetables. That's right. I remember. Yeah. Mm. yeah. With, with the cream and and a nice piece of meat. Oh, wonderful. It's wonderful. Like a like a vegetable terrine almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because it's 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 a sauce. It's mixed. Oh, I see. Right. So, so, that it's, so it's mashed and, and pureed and then pureed right down the sauce. Thick, a thick, pourable sauce. And uh, it's delicious. And you, and you have quite quite spicy foods there as well, do you? Um, not much. Not not that much. No, not not at all. Not at all. Here, here you go. This is this is a picture um, that Martina took me to take. Uh, early, early one morning on. Can you see that, Julian? Mm. Picture. Of... I remember it. We oh. get up early and then we went to make photos on Charles Bridge. That's right. We went down to watch the dawn come up on one yeah. of the oldest bridges in Europe and one of the most, certainly one of the most spectacular bridges, which is the Charles Bridge in uh, in the centre of Prague. And this is the Charles Bridge. These are all saints, aren't they? Pick, um, yeah. Yeah. The, Statues of saints laid out every 20 meters along the side, along the parapet. And uh, it's probably one of the most photographed bridges there is. But uh, Martina took me down there at dawn um, before we did lectures and uh, took a whole load of photographs. There's, there it is in black and white. This one is amazing. So, um, and you so, see, so it, it actually started being built in, in 1357. My goodness me, that, that's an yep. old bridge. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, and then there's one other place that we, we did go to before lectures, um, which is library. library. What Which library was this one you took us to? Because you felt uh, I needed to do some reading and work before we did our lectures. It's it's Sterhoff, uh, not cemetery, uh, with the nuns. Um, monastery. Monastery, yes, Strahov Monastery. It's uh, the second big, biggest um, library in Prague. The, there is a bigger one, but you cannot make photos in there. So we prefer this one because we can make photos there. Yeah, and as you can see, this, this highly, highly decorated dome ceiling. It's, uh, mm. it's, it's almost better than the Sistine Chapel. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible, isn't it? it and is. so when does that date from? Probably similar time, isn't it, Martina? Um, I don't remember. I'm really bad with history. I was completely ignorant at school. My husband still don't understand why I can pass the grimace. <laughs> <laughs> because the only thing I was studying was chemistry and biology. That was interesting mm -hmm. for me. Everything was like blah. Well, they were, they were the fun bit. Our our teacher from history, when we were uh, having like a last uh, day at school, he told me that uh, I can never tell anybody he, he taught me history because I was so bad. He said, you can never mention me that I taught you. And when my husband traveled with me to Great Britain, uh, we went after the places where Midsummer Murder were shot. We really? We borrowed a car and it was so funny because it was my first time driving on the opposite side. So every time I was driving to the grass or, or, or on the side and my husband was like, watch out, watch out, you are out of the road. And I was like, shut up, you are stressing me out. And he was, he was, he was quiet for a while. And then suddenly when I was going away from the road again, he was doing like, Bleh. 
that was his sign how to let me know <laughs> that he is almost out of the road with his sign. <laughs> it's, it's less threatening than move over, stop, look out. Yes. <laughs> your one of your passions uh, is uh, puppy farming, or at least one of your passions is trying to stop puppy farming. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a lot at the moment, isn't there, in, in the in the Czech Republic? Yeah, uh, Czech Republic is one of the countries of the producers. So there are many, many places where they produce the dogs. Recently, I was with the police and state veterinary administration in one such place, which was horrible. It's mm. it really, I, I cannot describe it with the words, but the dogs staying there suffer. We were able, we were not able to breathe in these rooms filled with with really, really dirty air. Yeah. And the dogs were living in their own uh you know, yeah. and everything. Yeah. I was doing my best to it to uh explore them and uh help the police to take them out from this environment. And I also I'm I'm also in contact with state veterinary administration and the police to help them to understand what's what's going on there mm -hmm. and uh, how to educate them how to find out or we do some uh, speeches at the university for students how to how to get the puppy not from the puppy farm because people selling them have typical uh, code how they behave they uh, they don't have the valid uh, contract they are telling them the fairy tales how mm. they get the dog that nobody can enter their their place now with the covid they have it easier because they say oh we don't want to trans transfer the covid so we will bring the puppy for the gas station to the gas station so you can get mm. it the gas station mm. so yeah i hate it because all the dogs they are coming from these places they are ill and if they are not ill physically, they are ill mentally. Because imagine growing up in such such really bad yeah. environment with yeah. not enough nutrition for the brain. So they are really, really, really ill. It, it is awful. And, and it, it goes on, I think, in every country. Um, at the moment, due to COVID, there's a lot more of it. Because, as you say, it's easier for people to get away with it yep. and, and to pretend that it's quite natural to meet someone at a, at a service station or a gas station to yep. swap over puppies. Okay. Uh, and also there's a, a huge increase in demand at the moment due to the pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah. that was yeah. one of my things. I was speaking for the radio broadcast uh, last week, uh, telling people do not get the puppy or the dog just because you feel lonely at the COVID situation, because uh, it's make, it makes the puppy farming grow because mm. there is demand. And uh, after two, three months, the COVID will be over probably, hopefully. And the dog will stay home alone for like eight, 12 hours. And it's yeah. fair. For mm. this, is, this is true. And, and invariably people say, well, if I didn't take him home, then you'd go back into this awful place and suffer. And so they're they're actually extending that uh, that myth that that um, that they're helping. Yeah, yeah, because they are paying. Mm. They are paying. They are doing that because of getting money. So everybody who is paying such people is helping this nasty business. Sorry, Mike. Have you had any examples yourself, Jerry? Have you, have you had any clients? Yes, yes. We we had uh, we had a puppy about. Um, about a month ago that was uh, bought at at a service station. Uh, the, the, the breeder lived quite a long way away and said to the, the, the purchaser, oh, look, I'm, I'm coming down your way, actually. Um, I'll, I'll be about 40 miles, 50 miles away from you at the weekend. Uh, why don't we just meet up? I can, I can meet you at the, at the service station. We can't, you can't come to the house anyway because of the, the COVID. So mm -hmm. I can just meet you at the service station. And they said to me, um, now, we, we'd been told that actually this was a bad idea, but it made perfect sense because they were actually coming straight down this way. It wasn't, it wasn't as though they uh, had, um, had suggested this, uh, mm. this meet-up in the first place. I thought, how, how foolish can you be? And this puppy came to us with parvovirus. No. Um, and sadly, it didn't make it. Mm. 
Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. I had cases like this too. And the funny part is uh, many dogs are transferred even from Slovakia, which is nearby. And uh, what if one puppy from the transfer has parvo, everybody is going to get it too. And the problem is it stays in a car. So if they yeah. are using the same car for transfers, they are just trans transmitting it to other other dogs. Yeah. Every transfer is transfer of parvovirus dogs after that. It's it's awful. It's absolutely dreadful. And and we're going some way to, to stopping it um, with with the puppy contract that was written up. Uh, I think that's a joint contract, wasn't it? The the RSPCA had a lot to do with it, but I think they consulted the uh, the, the international, the European um, dog uh, associations, kennel associations. Uh, but it's educating clients that's the problem yeah. educating owners to say well actually don't get a puppy unless you've seen the mum mm -hmm. you've seen the place they live in yep you're getting it at that residence it's had vaccinations and it's had a health check yep and and what else what else would you advise um usually they lie about the age of the puppy. So they say the age of the puppy is like eight weeks or nine weeks. And when I check the mouth, the teeth is actually like four, three weeks. Yeah. And if they have the uh, sucking reflex, that you put the finger into the mouth and they just suck into it, it they are not more than three weeks. Mm. So yeah. So something like this, uh, the chihuahuas are very popular here and then they have fontanella. Yes. Not close, uh, not the, the, the bones of the uh, skull are, are not all together. So that's another thing. Or they have uh, hernias, they have not, uh, they don't have any testicles. Uh, when we checked the dogs in the puppy farm, there was one, one hermaphrodite even. Was there really? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yes. Gosh. So they are. They are. They are. They are missing parts of the legs. One dog was was missing eye. So it's it's really they can have anything you can imagine as as a uh, inherited disease, or they. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I call it only in Latin uh, mandibula angusta. Mandibula angusta is the mandible is too narrow. Mm -hmm. so they bite with their uh, canine to the upper palate, and it hurts them. So yeah. it's 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 really really easily inherited. So there are several dogs like this. Yeah, um, a, a lot. Uh, a lot of the politicians in our country have that as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 you know, we were talking about dog training. Yes. And, um, and things like that. Well. I, I've, I've been trained by a dog, and so you'll excuse me for a moment, because Poppy is telling me that she wants something. Okay, you, you, Pop. <laughs> she's got you very well trained. Hello, Poppy. Hello, Poppy. Hello. Mike is very well trained owner. <laughs> very well trained, very well trained indeed. See, we, we have a little dog that, that, uh, that I rescued, um, the, the owner sadly was unable to look after him anymore, so we, we took him on a little while back. Uh, and he's, um, he's not a very good walker. He's got um, quite deformed front legs. Again, I think he was, he was farmed um, and she took him on because she felt sorry for him. Yeah. And this is the real problem. There, there was a huge emotional aspect to it that, that owners are naturally going to going to want to follow that they, they they their heartstrings have been tugged if you like mm. and and so it's it's almost too late by the time they've they've seen the puppy and made their minds up it, it's almost too late at that stage to do anything about it so we've got to really educate them the future ones yep. Yep. And, and accept that actually we've probably missed out on the ones that are already at this moment in time looking for a puppy because they've already decided they're going to get one and they're going to fall in love with it immediately and then that'll be theirs. 
Yeah, exactly. That that's what I love on my teaching at the university because um, I'm I'm teaching future dog trainers. So mm. I'm telling them, please, please tell the owners you will be teaching that they mustn't do it like this. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are, really, and I have really, really nice pictures of dogs and cases uh, which I treated. So uh, they are the, the really, really scared after that, and I hope it will stay in their minds, and they will, they will just pass it on the future dog owners. That's, that's brilliant, and I think that's the only way to do it, isn't it? To to teach people, to educate people, yes. but the the better ways of doing things. Yeah. Uh, th there's no point, unfortunately, in telling people off for doing the wrong thing, because then we just alienate them as owners. Mm. Yeah. So we have to to make the best of of what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do people um, do, 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 do people find vets expensive in in, uh, in the Czech Republic? Uh, me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> because um, it was like uh, approximately 10 years I was working like almost for free mm -hmm. I loved the job and I was afraid to ask for the money but I was uh, entering the education I was buying the stuff for my practice mm. so when I set up a new clinic I have now two years a new clinic Mike saw it, the new one with the rules for for yeah. uh, for training people also. So I have to ask more money because it was like either them or me. So yeah. I, I, I had to do it. I had to change uh, the money I'm asking for. And people, some people are complaining that I'm expensive. Some people comment on Facebook or Google something whatever, that I'm the most expensive vet in Prague. But in the second sentence, they say, yeah, but she find out what's going on. So yes. There is, there is a cost to everything. And it would be lovely to be able to do everything for free because actually the money gets in the way. But we, we can't. We have, to, we have to buy new equipment. Uh, we have to buy wonderful, fantastic equipment like pulse oximeters and... Um, and, and cat dopplers and anesthetic monitors and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. This is solitaire. Ah, you have a black cat. Hello. My so. black cat's name is Gloom. 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 Yeah. I was talking. <laughs> he's sleeping. You see him? Oh, there he is. Dan. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. There he goes. <laughs> there we go. Well, we we moved the little. Um, the cat climbing frame, it's normally over there in the corner, but we have a Christmas tree there, so we moved it here. And, and this is why Solly now loves when I'm eating. She, <laughs> she loves uh, sitting behind my shoulder and ah. seeing if any little scraps somehow fall off my plate. I, I <laughs> thought that tree was the cat climbing frame. We're hoping it won't be. <laughs> I'm very much hoping. That's why we don't have any tinsel. On it, uh, we don't want cats to get tinselitis. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's everything here is, is is basically cat friendly. Oh, tinsel so friendly! Oh, they love it. You mean they eat the tinsel and it gets their throat and they get yes. tinselitis. Tinselitis. It's a good yeah, one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great joke, actually. That one, Julian. Yes, thank you, Martina. You're you're um. You have the first cat-only clinic in the Czech Republic. Oh, it's not cat-only, it's cat-friendly. I'm sorry. Friendly. I'm so sorry, cat-friendly. <laughs> because uh, I still cannot have cat-only clinic yet because we have uh, really nice uh, dog owners coming, so I cannot, I cannot close for dog owners. But uh, I love cats. Cats are my passion the whole life, mm -hmm. oh, the most of my life, <laughs> Yes. To be honest. And uh, I was trying to find a way how to take care of them the best way I can. And then I found about the cat-friendly project. So we joined in and uh, my new clinic is also cat-friendly. Right, right. And are there many other practices that, that have followed suit? Uh, I think in Czech Republic, we are now five, the whole mm -hmm. country. Gosh, not, not many then. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. That's interesting. And yeah, sorry, Mike, you were. Yeah, I was. I was thinking, I'm trying to think back, Martina. Did we meet? We met first at the ISFM, didn't we? It's a, yes. It's an international feline meeting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yeah, that was long time ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, your cat only clinic, and the, the, the clients are presumably more willing to travel to you because yeah. they know that their cats are going to be in an environment that, that makes sure they are less stressed yes, and than I a non-cat friendly practice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we use uh, Feliway, we use uh, Valerian root. Cats love it. They roll over in it. They look high. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. Just, just in case uh, viewers or listeners don't know, Feliway is, um, is the, the name of a, of a pheromone. Yeah. Uh, that, that's produced now. Pheromones are are known as as distant or or um, uh, air transmitted hormones that um, actively uh, stimulate various parts of of, of the brain uh, in in uh, in all of us actually. But but there are species specific pheromones. So uh, the, the, the hormones that travel at a distance. And can be then used, particularly in the way of feliway, to calm cats. They're known as, as appeasement hormones. Uh, there's there's a similar one for dog called DAP, which is dog appeasing pheromone. Uh, and they they do or they can work very very well indeed, provided you've got a generally calm atmosphere anyway. Yeah. So you can't have. Um, I don't know, Iron Maiden playing at full volume and expect a cat to calm down by spraying Feliway. Yeah, it's not working like this. Actually, no. uh, the spray has uh, alcohol as a transfer uh, molecule. So you have to use it 15 minutes before you put the cats nearby. And we also use gabapentin in highly stressed cats. So mm. some, sometimes... Uh, I had really nice photo of a cat which was uh, kicked out of the big clinic because he was dangerous to the staff. So I asked the owner to give him gabapentin and then the cat was completely different. We were able to do cystosynthesis. We were able to draw the blood from his uh, uh, veins and then he fell asleep in my equipment. So he was like that lying on his back sleeping. And I made a photo of him and the owner was like, okay, I should send this photo to the clinic where he was kicked out to be dangerous to the staff. Gosh, poor thing. Yeah, poor because thing. It, it depends how you behave around the cats. What we, If the cat is stressed, we use gabapentin. We are trying to make our best to let the cat feel, feel good at the clinic to let us do our job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good trick, actually, the gabapentin one. It, it does work yeah. very well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and interestingly yeah. enough, there's a lot of evidence to say, I mean, there was a, a concern um, initially with the use of gabapentin that it would uh, affect things like blood pressure and that if you've got a cat that was on gabapentin, it would artificially lower the blood pressure that you're trying to measure in a conscious cat to see whether it's hypertensive and susceptible to things like kidney disease. Um, but there is good evidence to say that gabapentin does not actually adversely affect the blood pressure readings that you get. Great, good. I, I have to say I found that surprising, um, but seemingly there is evidence to suggest that it's okay. So, well, so wouldn't necessarily recommend it for every cat. Um, if you've got what, what we see uh, with gabapentin, it is that the blood pressure pressure is like 10 or 20 lower. It's only, yeah, okay. So it, well, it's it, actually slightly lower then. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only slightly lower. Yeah, yeah. It's like when the cat because uh, when the cat is anxious or afraid, then the blood pressure will be high. Yeah. So when we calm down the cat, the blood pressure will be like normal. Yeah. So without gabapentin, they will have like 100, uh, 140, 150, and with gabapentin, they will have something like one hundred twenty or thirty. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it takes it takes the edge off. Yeah. Yeah. It just calms the animal down a little bit. Okay. Right. Yeah. Re removes the white coat syndrome. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yep. Cool. Brilliant. Okay. I wonder if we could persuade you, Martini. Do you know anything about um, our challenge that we're running at the moment? 
No. <laughs> we, we've been asking, uh, not not to put you on the uh, on the spot. <laughs> <at all. laughs> we, we've been asking our guests if they'd be interested in in doing a challenge, which is called sixty second CPD. Okay. Which is to, uh, well, it, it does what it says on the tin. It's to uh, tell us something, uh, some aspect of of, uh, of your clinical uh, interest. In 60 seconds. I hope I will make it in 60 seconds because sometimes I speak too much. <laughs> I could never believe that, Martina. Okay. <laughs> so you're up for this? Yes. Okay, so Brilliant. that's fantastic news. What What do you want to do your 60-second CPD on? Uh, I will talk about cat basic needs in an environment at home. What What cats need to be happy what a cat at home. To be happy, okay. Right, well, let's, let's get the timer up then. And uh, let, let's have from one of the most highly qualified feline vets on the planet. Let us have Martina Naturadska on 60 seconds on how to keep your cat happy. Uh, the most uh, important things are five things that the cat needs. Uh, we need to provide them with safe place to sleep or to rest in. Uh, we need to provide them with the key resources like food, water, uh, toileting areas, scratching areas, uh, play areas and resting and sleeping areas. It means uh, they shouldn't have food uh, next to the toilet because we also do not uh, get uh, with the food to the toilet so do not be we cannot do it with our cats too uh, we need to provide them with opportunity to play and uh, do the predatory behavior and we need to provide them with a positive contact with ourselves because uh, we cannot be unpredictable that's really 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 stressful for them and we need to provide them environment which respects their smells so we cannot wipe up all their marks because they will be angry done it wow wow that was fantastic uh, that was well done martina brilliant brilliant that was, that was amazing very very simple um or, or simplistic i should say ideals but but actually very important all of them aren't they yeah, yeah. together yeah. Uh, and also very logical if you think about them i mean for example the don't put food anywhere near their litter trays uh it's quite obvious and yet the number of times i go to people's houses and I see just that. They've got a cat exactly corner. They've got yep. the litter tray. they got the food. Yep. And yep. you think, well, do, do you want to eat your dinner on the on the loo? or uh, Nobody not. does that. And we are forcing our cats doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, food and the water, they shouldn't be nearby. Because cats don't drink at the place where they have the water. Uh, they have the food. The food. Mm-hmm. They, they should have it on the separate areas because then they are uh, they are desert creatures. So they drink on their own less than than the other other animals like dogs. So we should, if we would like to uh, make them drink more, we should put the food uh, to drink bottles uh, around the flat and separate from the food. That was one thing I forgot to mention. Right, and and there's theory, isn't there, that the cats don't like water bowls that the that their whiskers can touch the sides of is that is that um, right or is that just well, a... yeah that's right because they are so sensitive they are you know uh the whiskers are really thick and they have uh vessels around the bases and the nerves so everything touching them makes this place irritated so they should have the ball full or white so that they, they don't have to touch with the whiskers, the sides of the ball. That's why I drink from big mugs. <laughs> but you don't have any whiskers. I, I have. Oh, there's whiskers. There's whiskers, okay. yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. there we go. See? So. Oh. <laughs> and, and I dribble down them sometimes as well. So. You create a meal for later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like things touching my whiskers. No, generally I don't. No, no. <laughs> Has to be me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't know. 
So, 60 seconds CPD. That's brilliant. You nailed it. Thank Fantastic. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Rose to the challenge. So, uh, yeah. So, all sounding very good. Um, That's proving to be pretty good, Beth. Well, I think that deserves a, a certificate, don't you? I, I, <laughs> certificate. Yeah, mm. I, I think so. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, one of the things that we, one of the things that we do is obviously, now, I don't know how many points our, our Czech Republic listeners will be getting for listening to veterinary ramblings, because um, they, they were very generous, the, the college were very generous with the points they gave us for our uh, weekend seminars, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So they probably won't get as many points for, for veterinary ramblings, but... Um, Every every piece of CPD that we deliver, of course, we do need a certificate to say that we have delivered some CPD. So, have you got a certificate for us, then, Julian? I have. I have. There we go. Oh. And it actually says certificate, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certificate. So, now, hopefully, certificate for further learning. Is it or or continued learning? Oh, it's certificate of professional studying. Professional study, that's right. I can't remember what I, what I put that, in. Does that count? Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Excellent. So it says, this certifies that you, dear friend and listener, have put up with, followed, and otherwise endured veterinary ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> now, it may be that Google didn't translate this correctly. <laughs> So, Martina, does it actually say veterinary ramblings or, or, or is that not quite right? The, it says uh, veterinary uh, ramblings, but in Slova- Slovakian language. No, does it? Karen, oh. it's Slovakian. Oh, it's a, it's a check on Google. Well, there we go. Google, you're rubbish. <laughs> You're not rubbish, Google. I, I know, I know the word because I'm half Slovak, so I know it. But it's Slovakian. <laughs> I have to, I have to say, I was worried it, it was sort of veterinary hanging around on the corner, waiting for something to happen. No, I, I was a bit concerned. No, I was a bit concerned. It's right word, but in Slovakian. Wrong language. <laughs> word, wrong language. Okay, fair enough. And so just, just just to talk around this, this is this is me in the car with, with Martina on her first drive in uh, in the UK. Oh my god! <laughs> Trying to say bad, I couldn't. Um, and and the, these are Martina's cats who decided it was safer to get their own moped and and <laughs> and drive that mm-hmm. rather than me in the car. Now and that's um, and that's the direct, That's how to find Mike's house. That's his um, mm-hmm. direction there. Okay. Uh, now I noticed as well in your in your interests list that you you're into art. Yes. And, and I thought I'd show you. I'm in no way artistic, but my, my wife and I do make birthday cakes, and so that's oh, um, that's a birthday that's, cake. That's a birthday cake. Wow, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. With um, my, my daughter had a, a climbing party that I, I organised mm. for her, so we did a climbing cake. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And, and finally, that's to show that I also try and take pictures of the moon because I know that you've been getting yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with, with the cameras these days, the power of the of the magnification of the camera lenses, you can get some really good moon shots. Yes. So there we go. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. That's, that's super stuff. So, so that's the CPD certificate. Now, I don't know how you have to qualify for CPD. Well, no, no, it's not. Is it? Is it in the Czech Republic? Would that do? Can you just give a a certificate? You you go to the lecture, you have a certificate, and that's it. Because in England, uh, or in the UK, in fact, we we have to do something extra to to gain the the CPD requirement. We have to reflect on the CPD. We do. Would you... Would, would would you would you join us in a moment's reflection on that CPD? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jolly good. Let's let's reflect on the CPD we have received and and given today. It's always interesting to see who's going to yeah. break first. Yeah. I know. I was wondering whether I just just raised my eyebrow. Roger Moore wise, but I can't do the, the right one. I can't one do that one. Well. You, did it, you did it the wrong way around, didn't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> Have you got a joke for us today? I've got a joke. Yeah. I've got a joke, yes. And I was thinking of the joke when I saw that that uh, that beautiful library that you, you that you showed us in the in the monastery. Right. Um and it's it's about are, are you familiar with the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Martina? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a, a knock at the convent door one morning. And the, the 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 nun opens the door to find the seven dwarves standing outside. And they're all giggling and laughing, and one of them pushes Dopey forward and says, Go on, you ask her. And Dopey says, I don't like, I don't like her. Go, go on, go on, go on, ask her. And he says, All right, have you have you got a nun about that height? And the mother superior says, no, we haven't. Oh, I, 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 I'm probably I'm in the wrong place. What well, you're not in the wrong place. This is the only convent in this area. So, you know, if, if there's a nun you've you've met, she, she'd be here. She, she's about that height, maybe a bit bit higher with the wimple. And I was going, no, no, I'm afraid we, we, we really haven't. And all the, all the other dwarves are giggling away. And Dopey says, "Is there any point in going to check?" And the mother superior says, "No, look, we we honestly haven't got a nun that high." At which point, Doc steps forward and says, I'm sorry, Dopey, you're just going to have to go to the zoo and apologise for the misdemeanour with the penguin. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> oh, did, actually, no, bringing this up to topic, we've got a global pandemic. You are aware, of course, that Snow White only has six dwarfs now because Sneezy's under self-quarantine. <laughs> I don't know. Less. I don't Less. know at all. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, Martina, can we say thank you very, very much for giving up your Sunday morning for us to join You're us? You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. Lovely to meet you, Martina. You Absolutely. too. It was fun. Fabulous. And you nailed that 60 second CPD. That was really, really good. Nice, nice, concise, good, simple, good, good information there. So if uh, if anybody is listening or watching Veterinary Ramblings and you've liked what we've said and what, what we bring to you, please remember to click like, share, follow. Um, you can join us and you catch, catch up with us on Patreon. We're on Facebook and iTunes and Spotify. Just join in. Send us a message. We'll happily re- return or return and reply and may even add in some ideas that you send us. Happy to hear from you. So on behalf of Veterinary Ramblings and Martina Nacharadska, we'd like to say, raise a glass or a, or a mug. Or a mug. And, and may your dog go with you. May your dog go with you. There we go. <laughs> and cut. There we go. Time. Did you enjoy yourself, Martina? Yeah, that was funny. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, well, thank fun. you. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. It's brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Lovely to, uh, lovely to meet you. <laughs> you too. There we go. Brilliant stuff. Sure. Anyway, well, enjoy oh. what's left of your Sunday, Martina. Thank you. And thank you ever so much again. Very much. Yeah, you. thank you. Yeah. And hope to see you in uh, the Czech Republic one day. Yeah, you have to come with Mike probably. We will make a big group <laughs> in the restaurant. Have <laughs> some of those. Look, I, I'm, I've got a, I've got candle soup for later. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Very nice. <laughs> I wasn't going to eat it, but you made it taste so let, nice. Let me know how you like it. <laughs> oh, Julian. No. Oh, pureed <laughs> vegetables, not candles. Ah, all right. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Martina, thank you ever so much. Thank Give you. Take care. In regards to Andrew. Bye. Thank you. She's, she's lovely, isn't she? Yeah, she's super. Absolutely yeah, super. And, and great fun to work with. And she's she's got some... I mean, it's interesting that you, you put a Slovakian word on the uh, on the CPD. Yes, we, yeah. We're not to know. You're not to know, are you? If Google says no, that, I put it in Google Translate, and it came up with that. That's yeah. right. But, but Martina, as you've as you've gathered, has got has got some of her own special English sayings. Yes. Uh, things like candle sauce and, and bird. 
and uh, there was one really funny one because we were talking about um, a, a cleaner for the practice, um, getting a cleaner in to, to, to do stuff around the practice. Mm-hmm. And Martina picked up on the conversation, I think it was the next day, and she's saying, so, so what are you going to do about getting a tidy woman? And, and of course, tidy woman was, was her, uh, her way. And she's just, Alliteration. She just sent me a message saying, thank you, that was great fun. Ah, oh, great, isn't that lovely? 